Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Good morning. I'm Fazia Costi. I'm an executive function coach based here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I see clients nationally from coast to coast. I see clients who have been diagnosed with ADHD, autism, anxiety, dyslexia, dyscalculia, improve their executive function skills. If you are interested in working with me or would like more information, feel free to call me and I do offer free consultations. My phone number is 480-648-1122. And today we have an awesome guest speaker, uh, Christine Driscoll. She works at Rosewood and she also is part of an organization called Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition. And today she's going to talk about Rosewood and eating disorders, the first segment, and about SYCC or the Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition, the second part of our show. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me here today. It's a pleasure. You know, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background, like what degrees do you have? What what makes you so credible that, that we would have you on the show and talk about Rosewood and eating disorders? Thank you. Um, so I um, have a master's in counseling um, and I've worked with um, youth and adults um, on and off for about 20 years, um, teaching parenting um, doing crisis counseling and uh, just individual counseling and family counseling. Um, I made the switch from counseling to outreach about um, six years ago. Um, counseling is a, like a real passion of mine. Um, I loved it, but I also love um, connecting the community um, so that's when I just decided to make the switch and really let people know about the resources out there. But as a therapist, I found, um, you know, and this was years ago too, but it was hard to find out about the resources in the community. So um, now I get to be part of that too. So exciting. Oh, absolutely. Well, I really am passionate about educating people about different things and helping helping people feel empowered and, and feel in control of their lives so that they can be the best versions of themselves. And I would love to educate people or help have you help me educate people about eating disorders today. So let's talk a little bit about Rosewood. How does Rosewood help other people? Thank you. Um, Rosewood has been around since uh, 1999. And the purpose of Rosewood is to help those who are struggling with eating disorders and the co-occurring um, gain recovery. Can um, you explain what co-occurring is yes, for our listeners who don't know? Mm-hmm. Co-occurring could be any um, diagnoses um, that exist with the eating disorder. Um, so um, that could look like um, depression, anxiety, um, substance use, OCD, mood disorders. Um, it can be any number of things, but typically those are the ones that exist uh, so often with the eating disorder. 
So what is an eating disorder? <clears throat> eating, <clears throat> excuse me, eating disorders involve serious disturbances <clears throat> in eating behaviors, such as extreme and unhealthy reduction of food intake or severe overeating, as well as feelings of extreme concerns about body shape or weight. Um, eating disorders do not discriminate between ages, genders, socioeconomic statuses, sexual orientation, body shape, and size, races, ethnicities, um, they are a serious psychosocial issue. And they really, um, it's not like, it's not something that um, they can grow out of or um, they're just not being picky. Um, it's, it's something that they actually need help with. So both medically and, and um, psych. So, what causes an eating disorder? There, there are genetic causes of eating disorders, but, but that alone isn't the cause of them. Um, so what kind of genetic issue would somebody have to have to be um, considered with an eating disorder? Well, I mean, there's certain um, personality types, like if you are a type A person, um, perfectionism, um, you may be more prone to like anorexia like that. So anorexia um, is a restriction of uh, caloric intake. Um, and then you also have the body image issues with that one. Um, and it has a control element to it. Um, whereas like a binge eating disorder, they have more of a lack of control. Um, and so it just depends. Um, the genes do determine, you know, your your personality type, which then, you know, can lean towards a different eating disorder as well. So let me see if I understand you correctly. So somebody with anorexia actually wants more control of their food. So if they 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 desire yeah control, and so they um, they have the more controlling types. So perfectionism, they want to control their environment, right? And so if they um, are feeling out of control, this is one way they can control their environment by controlling the food intake, et cetera. Interesting. Never really saw it as a control issue. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so what other, are, how many different types of eating disorders are there? Um, well, there are many types. Um, the most commonly known are anorexia and bulimia. Um, but then a binge actually isn't as well known about, but it has the most lives. Um, so that's. What do you um, mean by the most lives? The most people struggle with binge eating in America. Okay. Um, we say over 30 million Americans experience a clinically significant eating disorder during their lifetime. Um, Did you say 30%? Sorry, 30 million Americans. Oh, 30 million. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of uh, eating disorders. And that was prior to the pandemic. So I know the numbers have significantly increased. So, um, really? yes, they, uh, the pandemic has brought out um, those who maybe had never struggled with the eating disorder before. And then those who had and, and then, you know, were in recovery and now are struggling again just because um, – you know, we were in a state of crisis um, 
you know, over 2020 with the pandemic, uh, most people uh, feeling, you know, extra added stress. And so then, um, and, and, you know, at home, et cetera. So it did um, increase uh, the number of individuals who are struggling with eating disorder, definitely. So what kind of a situation would maybe take somebody from not having an eating disorder to a situation where they do have an eating disorder? So trauma can do that as well. Um, what kind of trauma? Yeah, all. I mean, it can be a small, small trauma or large trauma. Um, you know, I I spoke with a woman who was in a domestic violence situation with her boyfriend, and um, she was in her thirties, mid thirties, and she developed an eating disorder at that point. Um, so, and prior to that, she never had one, you know, so it just, it can be any number of situations, um, sexual abuse, um, you know, social media, um, bullying. I mean, there's many things. Um, it's just trauma in general can, um, can start, have someone start an eating disorder. Interesting. How does social media play a role? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) I I didn't think I was going to ask you that question, but you know, it's a very interesting topic because everyone's on social media these days. I mean, I don't know any, I don't know very many people. I know there's still people out there that are not on social media, like my, my parents, but (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) I don't know very many people that stay off. I think the nature of social media is you're comparing yourself to others and um, you're looking at yourself. I mean, part of the pandemic, I, I heard, um, you know, that we're looking at ourselves um, on Zoom and, um, you know, whatever device you're using. Um, but so that kind of, you know, people started critiquing themselves more. So same with the social media, right? You're you're on display for the whole world to see. So, um, and people can be critical too, right? So, I mean, those things. Um, so when our media in general, our, our television shows, our commercials go to other countries, um, there is a rise um, in eating disorders. So like it went to Ethiopia and they did studies after our American, you know, media went to their country and, um, there was a rise in eating disorders there, and it's happened in other countries as well. So our our societal norms or our media um, advertising, et cetera, does um, increase. Wow, that's fascinating. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, wow, I've learned something new. That's really awesome. Okay, so how does somebody know but they have an eating disorder. Like in, in what way does an eating disorder impact their lives so that they can say, oh, you know, I, I think I need help. How, how, how does that happen? Um, it looks different for all forms of eating disorder, really. Um, but, um, you know, if, if it is impacting them psychologically and physically, I mean, that really is the bottom line right there. Um, so psychologically so, and physically, but like what are some of the things that they would see? 
Like, would they look in the mirror and go, wow, I, I don't look as thin as I would like to look? Or does the food just not taste good anymore? How, how, how would they know? Um, I mean, so for anorexia, as the problem is with um, eating disorders, people keep them secretive, right? Um, so others will probably notice it and encourage them to get help before they would, you know. Um, so <clears throat> we can talk about some red flags, um, some symptoms they may see. Sure. Um, like, you know, pinching, um, pinching fat, weighing, weighing oneself. Um, what do you mean pinching fat? Like if you do the pinch test. Um, There's a pinch test? <laughs> I think I'd fail that test. <laughs> oh, well. But um, if, you know, so they weigh themselves regularly, they're, they count calories. Um, this is, I'm speaking more for anorexia or the restricting. Sure. Uh, disorders because you know each eating sort of looks different right I mean um, so they might stop doing social events because they don't want to have to eat in front of others or they may eat more slowly they may pick um, at food and I'm I'm talking more about anorexia right now sure Uh, but it does impact them like I said psychologically um, they become depressed. They, they have anxiety generally. Um, most individuals do. Um, and uh, actually there's an increase in suicidality um, with eating disorders it, because it affects the brain. Because of it, the lack of nutrients or some other reason? Yes, lack of nutrients okay. and it okay. affects the cognition. All right. Well, um, I apologize. It seems like we've lost a connection with Christine, but we will take a break. And when we come back, we will talk more with Christine about eating disorders and Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition. If you'd like to get in touch with me, my name is Fazia Costi. I'm an executive function coach, and I work here in the Phoenix, Arizona area, but I am actually... Um, somebody that works with clients all over the country. If you'd like to get in touch with me and have a free consultation, please call me at 480-707-3356. We'll be back here after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fazia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fozzie works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fozzie, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We have Christine Driscoll joining us from Rosewood and Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition. We are going to talk a little bit more about Rosewood and eating disorders, and then we're going to talk about Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition after that. So uh, welcome back, Christine, and thank you for joining us today. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So um, let's continue our conversation uh, a little bit more about red flags that we would maybe look for um, in, in individuals who might have an eating disorder. Specifically, we were talking about eating disorders. Um, I'm sorry, we're talking specifically about anorexia. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit more about anorexia? Like, what would I look for if I was at a party, or some kind of event, and I see somebody who's just picking at their food, maybe not eating anything, obsessed with how they look, maybe wants everything to be perfect. What else would I look for? Um, So, you know, it's, when you're um, living with someone or spending a lot of time with them, that's probably when you're going to notice more of uh, the red flags, such as like food rituals. So maybe they only eat a particular food or food group, um, excessive chewing, um, doesn't allow food to touch. And not all of these are like hard set, like, oh, they have an eating disorder. But these are things just to be aware of, I think. Um, skipping meals, taking small portions of food at regular meals, um, any new practices with food or fad diets, including cutting out entire food groups, no sugar, no carbs, no dairy, um, sometimes vegetarianism or veganism um, can be a sign, uh, withdrawal from usual friends and activities, um, that's kind of a big sign, frequent dieting, Extreme concerns about body um, size and shape. Um, frequent checking in the mirror for perceived flaws in appearance. Extreme mood swings. That's a big one as well. Um, and those are more the psychological ones. There's, there's many more. Um, but then there's some physical ones, too, that you could look for. So noticeable fluctuations in weight, both up and down. Uh, stomach cramps other nonspecific gastrointestinal complaints, such as constipation, acid reflux, et cetera, if you're hearing a lot of complaints um, along those lines. Um, Menstrual irregularities, 
missing periods or only having period while on a hormonal contraceptive. This is um, not considered a true period. Um, difficulties concentrating, abnormal uh, laboratory findings such as anemia, low thyroid, hormone levels, low potassium, low white and red blood cell counts, dizziness, especially upon standing, fainting, uh, feeling cold all the time, sleep problems, cuts and calluses across the tops of the finger joints, um, and that is a result of inducing vomiting. So that would be more um, for um, the bulimia. Dental problems such as enamel erosion, cavities, tooth sensitivities, um, dry skin and hair, brittle nails, swelling around the area of uh, salivary glands, and then fine hair on the body, cavities or discoloration of teeth from vomiting, muscle weakness, yellow skin, uh, cold molted hands and feet or swelling of feet, poor wound healing. So those are just some of the kind of physical red flags that you can look for um, or just be aware of if you have a loved one who uh, you have concerns. Um, you know, I've mentioned a few times the body image issues, but there are eating disorders that don't have the body image issues, such as ARFID. And that is avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And that one commonly starts in youth. Um, and they, um, they do not have the body image issues. So just because they do or do not have the body image issues doesn't separate it, whether it is an eating disorder or it is not. Now, is that one more about control? Now, that one, um, so a lot of times you may see someone who um, is on the spectrum or um, it's a texture thing. Um, they could have um, had a situation where um, well, they, they did have trauma potentially or not. And then um, they could have had like someone vomit on them. And now they're fearful of eating um, because they don't want to vomit. I had a gal that called in recently. Um, she was in high school and she's, she was type A, um, like overachiever. And she started during COVID, she started experiencing more anxiety and stress and panic attacks. And due to that, she, when she would go to eat, she would start, start to choke. And so um, she stopped eating because of the fear of choking. Um, and so typically with ARFID, they eat about five uh, foods, maybe like, um, you know, there's like a lot of kid foods, right? Like, like chicken nuggets, um, mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, um, pizza, like, you know, just kind of not nutritionally dense foods. Um, and so, but not always, like I said, ARFID, um, it used to be in the feeding disorder um, journals, medical journals, and then they moved it over to eating disorder, I believe about eight years ago. So um, a lot of people still are not familiar with ARFID. Um, a lot of times uh, they're called picky eaters. Sure. And so um, people don't know that this is an eating disorder and there's actual help out there for it. Well, a lot of the um, symptoms that you were talking about with the anorexia, I would not have even noticed, you know? I mean, there, there's so many of those symptoms that seem like, they would present themselves as normal. So does somebody who who has 
maybe anorexia, um, is there a certain number of those symptoms that they have to have before they can be diagnosed with an eating disorder? Um, so, uh, yeah, according to DSM, it has to, um, uh, I wish I had. And, and for, for our listeners, could you maybe tell them what the DSM is? Oh, um, it's the diagnostic uh, book for um, mental health diagnoses. Um, Thank you. Yeah. The DSM has um, the, the diagnostic criteria for um, let's see, anorexia, which really it's, um, it's, so the full name is anorexia nervosa. It's a restriction of energy intake uh, relative to requirements leading to a significant low body weight. But, um, but they actually have taken that low body weight out because We've had individuals who struggle with anorexia in in um, in uh, say larger bodies as well because it's really that restriction of energy and the the loss of weight. Um, it's the intense fear of gaining weight or becoming fat or persistent behavior that interferes with weight gain and disturbances in the way of which one's body weight or shape is experienced. So it has to go on for three months where weight loss has occurred through use of dieting, fasting, or excessive exercise. So it's you don't have to be a certain body weight. A lot of times you, you think of anorexia, there's a stereotypical anorexic, right? Like white, female, thin, affluent, right? That's who they portray, you know, Hollywood portrays in movies. That, you know, like I mentioned earlier, all ages, all genders, all socioeconomic, um, you know, it doesn't discriminate, right? So it affects so many. um, And you can be in various body sizes and still experience anorexia if you're restricting energy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what can someone do once they figure out they have an eating disorder? How do they go to get help? Yeah, so, I mean. What kind of treatments are out there? Are they all outpatient? Are they inpatient? Yeah. So um, at Rosewood, we offer um, inpatient, which is um, a subacute hospital. And we have all levels, or I'm sorry, we do offer all levels of care from inpatient on down to IOP. Um, Can you tell our listeners what IOP means? Yes. Um, So IOP is Intensive Outpatient Program. So it's the least restrictive um, of the um, programs that we offer. Um, So I'll start with the inpatient. Inpatient is the highest level, most acute care. Um, So those that are on an NG tube, um, who, you know, are, are struggling with eating, um, um, can come and, and uh, be treated at our inpatient. Um, we also offer detox, um, from any substances. And then we have the next level of care, which we call RTC. So it's a residential treatment center and the inpatient RTC, we offer both of those, um, to adults. And then we also have a separate adolescent inpatient RTC, um, then um, the next level is PHP, which stands for Partial Hospitalization Program. Um, so it's a little like getting the same level of treatment, um, but you get to go home every night. So that's um, we offer that in Tempe. 
Um, so that's our outpatient program is in Tempe where we offer PHP for adults and IOP. And then we also have an IOP too, which is for, and I feel bad we haven't uh, discussed this issue as much, but the binge patients. Um, so those who are struggling uh, are feeling out of control with uh, their relationship to food, essentially. Um, so that's IOP2. IOP2 um, is uh, the IOP, Intensive Outpatient Program, is offered three days a week for three hours at a time. So it's nine hours a week and typically lasts um, like two months um, and then from there, they would go work with their outpatient therapist, dietitian, um, psychiatrist, um, and then primary care doc. So they get the full um, treatment. So when someone's diagnosed with an eating disorder and they go get treatment, do they walk out of treatment cured or is this a lifelong process? It, the sooner you catch it, the better, um, you know, for recovery. But yes, I believe it is. Um, I mean, you can be in recovery, you know, just as you would be um, with a substance. Um, but obviously, um, I think, you know, it does require ongoing. Um, so we have an amazing alum program where they can um, come and get um, daily support on our private Facebook page. Um, and we have, you know, a team um, for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is an ongoing thing. Um, I mean, if you struggle, you know, at a young age, I think it lingers, but I think, um, you know, in general, you can be in recovery. But gotcha. it's something that's, you know, part of you. Sure. And does insurance typically cover the cost for something like this? Yeah, so we are in network with most major insurances, as well as um, Mercy Care Access, uh, which I think is an amazing um, thing that we're, you know, accessible to most. Um, so there's a, a couple other access plans that we can do a single case agreement. Um, but most major insurance, we are in network. So then, you know, um, you're just looking at your copay or um, deductible then. So it's sure. So Rosewood is in Arizona and, and we have listeners all over the world. So if somebody wanted to get treatment and you did not offer the treatment to them specifically, could you refer them to somebody in their state or their country? Absolutely. We actually do have people that come from all over the world because, um, because of our expertise, we are a pioneer in, in the industry um, and because we treat um, all genders and all forms of eating disorder, including, you know, the ones I mentioned, plus diabulimia and, and PICA. And, um, you know, there's, there's others that we haven't been able to discuss today. But, um, but, yes, I would be able to help them with resources around the country. That would be, um, that would be my pleasure to help. Um, but yes, we do. We literally get people from all over the world that come to Rosewood for our expertise. All right. Well, could you give everyone your contact information? So if they wanted to, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and, and ask some questions, or maybe they know they have a loved one or they themselves want treatment, how would they contact you? Absolutely. I'm, I'm always happy to help. I'm, I'm a counselor first. 
And then I'm very passionate about eating disorders, so um, I'm happy to help. My contact is C, as in Christine, C. Driscoll, D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L, at rosewoodranch.com. And does Rosewood have a website? www.rosewoodranch.com. There you go. So if you or you know somebody um, who has an eating disorder or you're not sure and you want to find out for sure, um, go ahead and um, give Christine uh, your information and have a chat. Yeah, Get some more information. Yes, I, I'm, I share articles all the time and um, just to educate people on different forms of eating disorder because so many people uh, feel lost and confused when it comes to eating disorders. So. Well, absolutely. Um, do you have like a Facebook page that people can follow if they want more information? Um, yes, I do. It's uh, Christine Driscoll, I think. I, or you can go to Rosewood. We also have a Facebook page as well. Okay. And so it's just Rosewood Ranch? I believe so. Okay. All right. Well, I really appreciate you talking so much about eating disorders and Rosewood. I, I, I hope that we've given our listeners a little bit of information about red flags and some treatment options so that they can get uh, those eating disorders under control. And I know that right now with COVID, everything's been just a little bit more difficult for people. So hopefully this was helpful. I'd like to uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, Christine is also... Um, part of an organization called Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition. So tell us a little bit about SYCC. Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, Yes, I'm a co-founder of Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition. Um, It was created about two years ago. Um, I had a friend that came to me um, after she tragically lost her son um, at a very young age, 19, um, due to a substance use. And she, she felt that she needed, um, there needed to be an organization in the community where people could go, get information, learn about, um, you know, mental health, substance use, uh, eating disorder, and resources. Um, so we created, she and I created Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition, and it has grown um, to include so many more now. Um, but the purpose really of the coalition is um, to build an alliance of professionals and resources um, and community leaders supporting youth and families in the areas of mental health, substance use, and eating disorders. Um, We want to engage, educate, and empower our community through the prevention and outreach. And um, we have monthly meetings um, in which community providers and social service organizations organizations, uh, city personnel, um, share information and ideas on how to best serve the Scottsdale area families. And we purposely say Scottsdale area because we're all connected. So we don't limit it to Scottsdale, um, but because, you know, she and I were both from Scottsdale and there wasn't really anything um, in the Scottsdale area that that um, brought us all together. That's why we gave it a home, but it's really for anyone in the in the Phoenix metro area. Gotcha. Well, just so our, our listeners are aware, this is how I met Christine. I actually belong to SYCC 
And um, this is an organization that I think does some really great things. And I've met some awesome people through this organization. So it's a wonderful way to connect professionals. Does it also, is it limited to professionals? So we have big plans, um, but, you know, with COVID, um, we, you know, and we're fairly new. So, um, you know, we had to take a couple steps back, but um, right now we have the monthly professional meeting and then um, we're working on other things um, for um, to educate the youth um, as far as prevention and also um, parents, more like webinars and educational events, but they're still in the works. Um, we're working on becoming a 5013C um, organization. So right now we're just, um, you know, working with sponsors um, to help us uh, with our website and things like that. So, so if somebody... Yeah, so if somebody wanted to be a sponsor, how would they go about doing that? Um, they could go to our website, which is scottsdaleyouth.org, um, or they could contact us um, or me um, through the website and um, or email me. Um, but, yeah, it's um, right now we really just have um, business sponsors, which we are so grateful for because it's helping us just to still function. <laughs> sure. So. so what are some of the activities or things that you've been working on up to this point? I know COVID has made things very difficult. The meetings have been online. I know this because I've, I've been, <laughs> uh, I've been in the meeting. So, um, and I know that you have presentations during those meetings. How, how do you find these presenters? What kind of individuals are part of your directory? So anyone who works with youth um, in the areas, you know, of the mental health, substance use, or eating disorder, we want to um, bring these uh, in professionals, individuals together um, so that they are aware of the other services out in the community. Um, so when they're working with a client, they can, you know, get them the best services that they need. Um, we... You know, like we want to educate the youth um, on certain, you know, the topics. Um, and we've talked with the schools and things like that. So we have some things in the works. It's just, you know, a lot of um, planning and whatnot. We, we collaborate with a lot of um, like the SUSD um, and other organizations to help them. Oh, Scottsdale <laughs> Youth High School District. Sorry, I know I do a lot of <laughs> I know you, you, it's, it's easy to get stuck with acronyms when you're working with the same group of people all the time. But in this situation, we, we need to spell things out right. a little bit. So you're working with school districts and you're working with parents, you're working with professionals, and you're really trying to get to, you know, to the students to help them be the best version of themselves. And I love that. Mm -hmm. um, is there a cost to join this? No, it's all free. Um, you know, you can access the website for resources. Um, you can put your um, business information if it relates to that um, on there for free. Um, everything's free. We just really wanted everyone to have access to this and um, literally be a community resource. So how can somebody get onto that 
directory. If I wanted to be on that directory, which I think I'm on there, but if if I was not on there and I wanted to get on there, how would I go about doing that? Um, they would just contact us. Um, they could email me, and um, you know, if it if it is um, substance use, mental health, or eating disorder, we will happily uh, anything related to those three topics for youth. Um, we will happily post it on our website. Okay. And what if I wanted, as a parent, to access that directory? What if I was looking for Rosewood? What if I was looking for an executive function coach or a therapist or a psychologist? How would I, how would I get access to the directory? Um, you just go to um, www.scottsdaleyouth.org, and the directory is right there. You just click on it. And, um, and if you're not finding what you're looking for, you can email me and I will, you know, because not everyone has submitted their information to put on there. So if you need resources, I'm happy to help. And, and Christine is very well connected. So if you do need anything, she is a very good person to connect with. And go ahead and give everybody your email address again so that in case they didn't write it down the first time. It's C Driscoll. That's D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L at rosewoodranch.com perfect and is there a phone number that they can call you at sure 602-705-2735 okay and once again um the website for syc is scottstilyouth.org so um I love that. Um, so tell me, what are the plans that you have moving forward for SYCC? How can, how can somebody like myself or another professional, how can we get involved in that? Um, well, so if you would like to join the monthly professional meeting, um, you just uh, email me and I'll send you the invite. And um, that we host on the 3rd. A Friday of the month from 10 to 11:30, and it is currently virtual. Um, and that is Pacific time, no Arizona time. Right, which now is Pacific, but yes, it is Arizona. We don't change, right? Um, but uh, yes, so 10 to 11:30 every third Friday of the month. So this coming Friday, the 16th, we are hosting um, a SYCC monthly professional meeting. Um, and because it is um, Autism Awareness Month, we are we have two presenters, um, and they will be speaking of different um, autism programs that are local here, um, and um, educating us about that. Um, so, because you know that is part of mental health. So, um, so yeah, so they can attend the monthly professional meeting. Um, the things we have in the work, I, I hate to talk about them until they're like official, you know, but really it's about just educating the youth and parents. That's really where our focus is. We want to educate, um, we want to engage the community, and we want to, um, you know, share resources. That is our whole purpose for SYCC. Right. And I, and I understand why you don't want to talk about it, but the reason why I brought it up is because I think it gives people something to look forward to and they might actually watch your organization more closely as they're getting, you know, hope, hoping for certain services. So I think it gives people hope. It's like, oh, this is coming. I'm going to watch this organization. I'm going to pay attention 
And, and it may not happen this month, but you know what? It's coming. And so at least I know it's in the horizon. So is there anything that people could look forward to? Well, I think um, at this time, our focus is really with the schools and um, really trying to bring more educational um, presentations to the schools for both the parents and the youth. That I think is our next step. And then also, I guess there there was um, a whole plan, but then COVID um, kind of crushed it. But we want to come to the um, organizations within the community um, as well and do like lunch and learns. So, you know, they're already at work. They are parents or they're, you know, they have loved ones who have youth, right? Um, sure. And to go into, you know, different organizations over their lunch hour break and bring presentations and resources. That, that's something we really were moving uh, strongly, you know, forward with um, and then COVID hit. So um, that's something that we really hope to make happen, um, you know, possibly next year. Sure. And what kind of topics are you looking to educate people on? What kind of topics are you looking to educate parents on? Because I, I think as a, as a parent, I would want to know so that I can look forward to it, so that I can keep an eye on what's coming. Sure. You know, you want people to watch your website. You want people to go on there and look and see what's, you know, what are upcoming events. So tell us, what, what do you think might be coming in the horizon and maybe next year for, for parents? What kind of things can they look forward to? Yeah, so I think a big thing um, is, you know, with substance use, um, we have a presenter that we use often, and she really is so brilliant in identifying um, what's happening with youth today, what substances they're using, what parents can look for as far as like, um, you know, what do vaping devices look like and what, what are all the terms they're using. So if they hear a funny term, they're going to be able to identify it. So it's really educating the parents, you know, about what is going on in today's society regarding drugs and youth and, you know, substances. So that, that's one of my favorite topics. I try to sure bring her everywhere I can to educate the community because I know, um, you know, it's, it's helpful that prevention does matter. It works. Absolutely. Um, also eating disorders. I mean, uh, so many, so many youth are struggling and I mean, so many people in general, but but unless parents know what to look for or guardians know what to look for um, and, and know how to move forward with it, you know, listening, seek out psychological um, help um, and medical advice, you know, then, then, you know, they feel lost and confused. So, so I think really just educating them on, on all things mental health, substance use related so what are some other topics other than substance abuse and eating disorders? Um, I think anxiety seems to be a big one. Um, oh, absolutely. Especially anxiety, with COVID right now. Absolutely. And even before that, I mean, the youth really struggle with anxiety more so than, I mean, generations before, you know, us or them. Sure. Um, so really, um, you know, how to help manage their anxiety, um, what it looks like, how to, you know, how to, how to address that. 
um, and when to seek help really for their youth, you know. Oh, absolutely. I, I just did a presentation last night on situational anxiety to a school district in Pennsylvania. Um, it's it's really a big topic. It's huge. Yeah, it's so sad. I, I mean, and I do think uh, social media has played a role in that as well, you know. Sure. What other topics? Substance abuse, eating disorders, anxiety. I mean, those are some really big ones for for a lot of parents to, to keep an eye out. But they're, they're also very specific to kids who have, you know, eating disorders or substance abuse. What are some other maybe general mental health topics that you might have coming up in the horizon? Um, well, we do. Uh, so like with SYCC, we try to focus a lot on um, LGBTQ issues. Um, last month, um, you know, at our monthly meeting, we had, um, one in 10, um, a, a gentleman from one in 10 present on, um, you know, educating us on terms, um, and how to be more sensitive, um, in relating with those who are LGBTQ, um, to be, you know, just more, um, in tune. And okay. how, so I think that's a big topic as well. Um, sure. And I think we all need education on that. You know, I mean, it, we're all still learning, you know. Yeah. So you've got some, you've got four really big topics, but what are some things that maybe affect everybody? Would, would Do you have any uh, presenters or anybody that might just come in and talk about, you know, things that maybe are affecting kids as they're going back to school? Parenting's a big one, too. Parenting? Um, mm-hmm. I'm super passionate about parenting. Um, and, um, you know, we've had um, a few speakers on parenting as well. Actually, we had our first uh, SYCC um, community event, which happened um, when we you know, first started about two years ago now. But it literally was on how to change the conversation um, you know, with your kids, right? So how to, how to talk and how to listen really, you know, um, and, and hear what they're saying. So I think parenting, sure. that's more of a general one, but, but everybody needs it, right? Well, absolutely. And I'm finding, I'm getting more and more calls when, um, when a parent calls me about executive function coaching, I'm getting more and more calls with them also asking for parenting help mm-hmm. because that, that is, I work holistically with families. So when I get a student that comes in with executive function, especially if they have um, any kind of defiance in that, in their behavior, I usually recommend some parenting tips and mm-hmm. I get a lot of, um, a lot of success working with parents Instead of working with your kids on defiance, because it, it, it definitely is a parenting issue. And I think if you change that parenting perspective and how they interact and communicate with their child, you get much better results. Right. It's a system issue, right? Like mm-hmm. the way you relate to them affects the way they relate back to you. And Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super passionate about parenting. Um, uh as a therapist, I also did the MST, which is, um, it has his, its basis in love and logic and then also positive discipline. So those are two uh, modalities or, or 
books. They actually come in books that I recommend for parenting. They're, they're very, very effective. Well, we're getting close to the end of the show and that's um, my last question for you is what are some last minute tips? What are, you know, what do you want to leave the audience with? Any, any comments, any, any specific suggestions, recommendations? What would you like to leave the audience with? I think listening, listening is so key and offer support, you know, and maybe they don't know what that looks like, or maybe you don't know what that looks like, but, um, but you can seek out support, you know, uh, for them and for you. And then um, go to a professional for help um, because, um, you know, a lot of these issues, there is help out there and there's some new um modalities and whatnot that are really effective and there's you know some tried and true that are great as well but there's there is stuff that is effective out there so no matter what uh, you or your youth are struggling with um, there is help all right thank you so much christine and so today we've interviewed christine driscoll from rosewood ranch as well as scottsdale youth and community coalition and christine if you could give your um Email one last time in case anyone wants to connect with you. Sure. I would love to. Um, C Driscoll, that's D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L, at rosewoodranch.com. And I'm happy to help. It's my passion. And if you're interested in Scottsdale Youth and Community Coalition, the website is scottsdaleyouth.org. Thank you so much, Christine Driscoll. Thank you. I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I'm Fazia Costi, and I'm an executive function and executive function coach, and I work here in Arizona, but I do see clients all over the country from coast to coast, and I work with kids as well as adults, and most of those individuals are diagnosed with either ADHD, autism, anxiety, dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, but they almost all have executive function challenges. And I do offer a free consultation. And the reason why I offer a free consultation is because it's important that you and I speak to make sure that we are a good fit. And that way you get the best outcome possible for you or your child. If you're also, I also offer training webinars for schools as well as your organization. Feel free to check out my website executivefunctioncoachaz.com for more information or you can also call me at 480-648-1122 with any questions or comments and if you have any questions for our um, guest feel free to connect with her and once again I, I do appreciate you coming on to the show Christine and I look forward to seeing you at the next SYCC meeting uh, this coming Friday. So um, yeah, I, I look forward to that. And I wish you the best in your ventures with Rosewood as well as SYCC. And hopefully once um, you have a better handle on everything that you're doing with SYCC, you can maybe come back and tell us a little bit more um, about the programs you're offering, about how you're um, offering school how you're educating parents, educators, as well as students in all the different uh, modalities that, that you are offering. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. It was really fun talking to you today. 
I'm Fazia Costi. I'm an executive function coach here in Phoenix, Arizona. If you'd like to contact me, my phone number is 480-648-1122. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you on our show next week. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.